Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Good morning, everyone. Happy Easter. There's so many of you. Just have a look around at yourselves. What a joy. I mean, it is so good, isn't it, to gather like this, and uh, it feels like it's been a long time since we've been able to gather in this way and in this number, and I look around and I see some faces I haven't seen for a while, and uh, it really just fills my heart with joy that we're able to gather like this and, and remember and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus together, which is why we're here, and uh, we marked the beginning of the celebrations yesterday. It was a beautiful day, wasn't it, and we lit our first barbecue of the year. Did anyone else have a barbecue? There's one. Four. Titch has had four barbecues this morning already. <laughs> but I, uh, I lit the barbecue, and uh, as I was stood over it, I, I could smell the burning coals, and it just filled my senses. And reminded me of all the good times that we have had having barbecues with friends and family and I'm sure you can think of similar situations for yourselves as you have gathered with friends and family around a barbecue but it reminded me that smell is one of our most basic um, senses and it there's a strong connection isn't there between smell and memory and so I'm sure for each one of us if I asked you are the particular smells that remind you of somebody or a, uh, a time in your life, you would be able to tell me. But rather than sharing all those memories, I thought we could at least share what are some of the best smells that you can think of. So just, maybe not all at once, but just call them out. Best smells. Did someone say bacon? Did I hear bacon? Sorry? Baked bread. Moan grass, coffee, horses, whoa, we're off now, anything else? The day after it rains, that's a good one, any more? Butter, wow, babies, if anyone wants to hand over a baby, uh, any other good smells, sorry? Puppies, puppies, petrol, wow. Um, so what about, oh, we got one more. Here I come, here I come. It's, it's Samuel. Roast lamb. Moji's cooking. Oh. Are you just saying that, Alfred, because you're excited about lunch? <laughs> what an amazing husband and wife you are. Um, what about some of the worst smells? No, 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 we're not going to go there. No, 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 no. I think barbecues are up there with the best smells. And actually, this is in part what was happening on this beach by Lake Galilee as Peter gathered with the disciples. But what Peter smelt signified and points to something far more profound that was going on in Peter at the time. Because Peter and the disciples, as you know, had 
given their lives to following Jesus. They'd given everything. They'd given up their jobs. They had listened to Jesus' teaching. They'd seen him uh, do miraculous things. And yet, just a few days before this moment on Lake Galilee, Peter had seen Jesus be arrested and he was then crucified and all their hopes had gone. And so they returned to the one thing they knew they could do, which was fishing. And we read that they'd been out fishing all night, but they caught absolutely nothing. And then early in the morning, they heard a voice calling from the beach saying, friends, have you not got any fish? Throw your nets on the right side of the boat. And I can only imagine they would have been thinking, what difference is that going to make? I mean, if there's fish in the sea, we're going to catch them. If there's not, we're not. And who is this person anyway who's shouting advice from the shore? But they had nothing to lose, so they gave it a shot. And it was as the disciples would have felt the nets pulling at their hands, the weight of the fish tugging downwards, that the penny drops for Peter. Because he would have realized, I know this voice. I've heard this voice before. In fact, I've heard those words before. I've seen this miraculous catch of fish before in my life. And as Peter is processing all of this, it's in this moment on the shores of Lake Galilee that hope floods into the world. Now Peter launches himself into the lake. We might think he did a pike dive or some impressive tumble turn, but I'd like to think it was probably more of a belly flop as he just threw himself into the water to race to the beach to see Jesus, the risen Jesus. He's alive. And he's not just alive, but he's standing right in front of Peter, right before him. And so we read the disciples eat together with Jesus. They talk with him. They rejoice with him. They remember with him. But it's in this moment, as Peter breathes in the smell of these burning coals, that he's taken back to another place. We read these, this word for burning coal twice in the New Testament, once in John 21 and once in John 18. And the, the first time was in the courtyard as Peter was sat hiding and he denied knowing Jesus three times. And what Jesus is doing here on the shores of Lake Galilee is he is redeeming Peter. He's redeeming the situation. He's restoring Peter. The call upon Peter to be a disciple, to follow Jesus. And this is the hope and the power of the resurrection. If the message of the cross is God's love poured out for you, for me, for the whole world through the crucifixion of Jesus, the message of Easter is hope. And we need hope at the moment, don't we? Do we need hope? We need hope. The world is craving for hope. But not just any hope. An eternal hope. 
An eternal hope that tells us that death is not the end. That as we trust in Jesus, we can be assured of an eternity with him. A sure and certain hope of Jesus' presence with you and me now. And a sure and certain hope of Jesus' return, that one day he will come back. And on that day, God's judgment and justice will be served. And the world and everything in it, the whole of creation will be renewed. And evil will be removed forever. This is the hope that we need. Over the last three days, or the last few days, I should say, we've been on a journey here at New Hope and Greyfriars. We focused on Jesus' word, deny yourselves. As we looked at the Garden of Gethsemane and Jesus' prayer, not my will, your will be done. We then spent time here focusing on the cross. As Jesus says, take up your cross on Good Friday. And then today on Easter Sunday, we think about these words of Jesus here in, Matthew, in John 21. Follow me, says Jesus, follow me. Just before that, Jesus turns to Peter. But he also turns to you and me today. And he asks three times, do you love me? Do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus more than you love your house, your car, your money, your job, your family? Do you love Jesus more than you love your security, your way of doing things? Can we say yes to these questions? Jesus then says, follow me, twice to Peter. In other words, do as Jesus does. Tell everyone about the good news of Jesus. Pray for the sick. Love your enemies. Seek first the kingdom of God. Build your life trusting in Jesus and nothing else. Thirteen times in the Gospels, Jesus says, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. It's the simplest, most profound, life-changing command that Jesus gives us, to follow him. More people have followed Jesus than anyone else. Today, there are two and a half billion people celebrating Easter. That's an amazing thought, isn't it? We're not here on our own as New Hope and Grey Friars. We join with the rest of Reading. We join with the rest of the UK, the world. 2.4 billion believers following Jesus. If you ever thought you were alone, think again. And we call ourselves disciples because we want to follow Jesus, to know him, to obey him, to trust more in him. So as God's Easter people, how are we doing on this journey of being reborn and resurrected? Of denying ourselves, taking up our cross and following Jesus. 2 Corinthians tells us this, chapter 2. We are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ. That means that when people meet you and me, we pray that they will see Jesus in us. They will hear Jesus in us. They will know God's love and peace and joy and our hope in Christ. They will know that we follow Jesus. 
Jesus' resurrection changed everything. We gather together today to celebrate Easter because Jesus is alive. Jesus is risen and Jesus is with each one of us now in our lives through everything that we are going through. The Apostle Peter, and I finish with this, writes in one of his letters these words. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So let's take a moment now to pray for that living hope to come and fill us that we would go from here and spread that pleasing aroma of Christ wherever we go. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you today for this journey we've been on in the last few days as we've looked more at what it means to deny ourselves, to take up our cross and to follow you. And today we stand in awe and gratitude of your death and your resurrection for us, for the whole world. Thank you, Lord, for the living hope that comes through your resurrection. And I want to pray now in the name of Jesus, your hope come and fill each one of us. The presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, the risen Jesus, Fill each one of us. And Lord, we pray that through our, our worship now, but through the rest of this day and through our very lives, that we would be that a pleasing aroma of Christ to the world. Lord, we lift your name high. We praise you, we worship you. Hallelujah, Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen.